Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it. Colquitt will hold it. Twenty twenty tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up. It is right down the boulevard. It's good. And the Chiefs take a twenty three to twenty lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? Welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? You're listening to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast with myself, Brad Simcox, the Arrowheads Abroad Supremo, Tom Childs, and backing us up at safety is Dave Barnett. Davey, you're back, mate. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Um, how have you been? It's been all right, mate. Yeah. You've been busy. All right. busy. Busy, 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 busy. Busy? Yeah, busy. It must have been, mate. It must have been. I know. Been yeah. here, there, and everywhere. Been either end of the country. Been, yeah, just... Not not stop working. Stuff going on, isn't it? Stuff Things going to on do. In the busy life of Dave Barnett. Yeah. Yeah. Too busy for us. Too busy for us. Yeah. Saying yeah. that we've been too busy for us of late. <laughs> I I actually want to start this podcast with an apology on Brad's behalf because we did promise you guys a podcast, a Back to the Chiefs podcast special with myself, Brad, and Kent Swanson for Arrowhead Pride. Well, me and Kent Swanson were ready a couple of weekends ago to record the podcast, but a certain Brad Simcox was not. He was too busy in his neighbor's next door, uh, next door neighbor's garden getting pissed, too busy to answer his phone. And I thought you he said did, peering into his neighbor's say, garden, and I was <laughs> like, come on. I would say persistently drunk. Yeah, well, me and Kent were sitting here waiting to record the show. You were doing what you want with your next-door neighbour. Keys in a a bow, I don't know what you do with your next-door neighbours. And obviously, we didn't get to record the podcast. So I want to apologise on Brad's behalf. We are getting together with Kent this weekend to re-record or attempt to record that show. So that should be out next Monday for you guys. It's great that we have Tom around, isn't it? I don't have to apologise for anything. He just does it all for me. Well, I feel like I'm a, writing a statement, like almost a statement as sad as Rafa Benitez's statement. <laughs> oh, that's a low blow. But yeah, we, we, we won't a low go blow. Into, we won't go into that. Well, that's why I was drinking. <laughs> yeah, the inevitable <laughs> which was coming. My soccer team was crumbling around me, so uh, yeah, that's probably why it, uh, yeah, I was drinking. I, I do have a reason anyway. But um, yeah, really, really sorry, guys. Really sorry. I, I think my message to Tom was shit. <laughs> <laughs> When I realised what the time was, so and yes, my, um, my very message sorry back that. started with a C and ended with a T. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Very sorry about that. But let's not talk about that, shall we? Not. Um, no, let's talk about it. Why are you such an idiot, Brad? <laughs> Jesus. To be fair, you're the it, worst. It is the only one that I kind of lost track of. Is I it? Was, I was kind of in the moment. Yeah. Is but, it really, Brad? I don't know. Is it? Are you going to bring up something in the past? I don't know. I was hoping Tom would help me out here, but uh. I did, not to make you feel bad, Dave. I did refer to Brad as doing a Dave. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got the text for that. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I will back that up. Yes. <laughs> I will confirm it. Anyway, ah, never screw mind. you guys. I'm all coming back. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Yeah. Um, no, never mind that. Anyway, Tom's been away. He's left us alone. Been away? He's been away for eight uh, days. Is that? Where's Day that? Day eight. <laughs> yeah. I have. I've been to the Love Island Villa. 
No, I've been to a villa in Spain, which was lovely with the in-laws and the and the kiddies. Um, we will have a Love Island podcast eventually. Uh, <laughs> we're just I won't be on it. Side project, but <laughs> less less about me. I want to hear what Dave was up to at the weekend because Dave yeah. did something which I was really jealous of and something really cool that I was hoping to get to, but obviously conflicted with my holiday, so I couldn't make it. What Let's was get some that? details? What did I do? You tell us. You give us the details of what you did. Oh yeah, I went to the baseball. Yeah. You run in a baseball. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah? Yeah. In yeah, London. Yeah. In London. At the Olympic Stadium. Uh where West Ham play. Cool stadium, by the way. Is it? Um Yeah, I mean I'd hate for it to be a football stadium, but as a like an events stadium, it's a cool place. Um Yeah, uh the it was really hot, I'll tell you that much. Jesus. Yeah. I melted a considerable amount. Um, so, it was it was like thirty five degrees. Would that. you say it was a, a good experience then, equal to one in America? Uh, I wouldn't say equal to one in America because obviously it was a kind of a mixed crowd. Still, mm. um, even though it was the Red Sox and the Yankees and the much more recognizable names than some of the uh, NFL teams that get shipped over here, but. Um, yeah, it certainly was a much better atmosphere, I would say, than 90% of the NFL games in London that I've been to. And I would say that 1%, that 10% is the one game that involved the Chiefs, so that doesn't really count. Um, yeah, it was just, everyone just seemed way more engaged and, yeah, into what was going on, rather than, like, the NFL, where it just seems to be sort of, oh, there's a game going on while... Everyone sat there, pretty much. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, I mean, it, it kind of helped that the the games were a little bit crazy. Um, I only went to the game on the Saturday, but apparently the Sunday game was pretty high scoring as well. But the Saturday game uh, finished seventeen thirteen to the Yankees, which is insane. That's and crazy probably, for a baseball game, isn't it? Probably got a lot of people that went to the first baseball game going, you know what, this sport's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to tune into a game next week, and it'll be like. One nothing, and they'll be like, "Wait, this wasn't what was advertised last week." <laughs> It'd be like someone going to watch a twenty twenty cricket game as their first cricket match, and then they go, "Oh, this is excellent!" And then yeah, and then go to watch a Division Two County <laughs> Championship match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably better than our experience, wasn't it, Tom? When we went to go and watch the Royals. Yeah, I just didn't enjoy that. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> it was it was painful, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean. It didn't help that I was extremely hungover at the time, but nonetheless, like it was cool to see the Royals in the game we did because it was the end of an era with Hosmer and all that. Like, yeah. it was a nice atmosphere inside the stadium, but as an actual game, I was bored shitless. Was it thirteen-two um, in the end or something like that? Yeah, I cannot, I cannot remember to be honest. By I think by the fifth innings, I'd just kind of given up on watching. It was mm-hmm. just concentrating on the beer and hot dogs or whatever it was that was helping me get over my hangover at the time. Yeah, so yeah. I think I would like to go back to the baseball just to see it in this country. Again, I would like to see that stadium as well, the Olympic Stadium. It does appeal to me. Um, yeah. I don't fancy going to watch West Ham play to go and see it, to be honest. So, no. yeah, um, that might be my best opportunity. I think it's the Cardinals and Cubs that are coming over next year. So I will be, if I'm in the country at the time, I will be trying to get a ticket for sure. Yes, it is. Cardinals and Cubs. Excellent. Okay. Well, it's nice to know that you've all been enjoying yourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, as me as well, with my little drink and escapades. Um, but let's get on to football, shall we? 
This week, we're going to be looking at our AFC West rivals, the Denver Broncos, and their expectations going into the 2019 oh. season. <laughs> yeah, we can't do the uh, the Raiders, <laughs> can we, with the Denver Broncos? Um, we can't actually afford actual no. drops on this podcast, so our sound effects come from our mouths only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but before we do all of that, we need to bring you up to speed with a few of the Chiefs news. There's not a lot going on with the Chiefs news at the minute, but... As we all know, Chris Jones, uh, the contract standoff is still ongoing at the moment. Uh, as Jones hopes to get a new deal signed before the start, start of training camp. I'm not actually too worried about this. I don't know about you two. It'll be done before training camp. Yeah, I would think so as well. Um, he wants to stay a chief. They'd be mad to let him go. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to get Aaron Donald money, but he's going to get second or third. He probably will get money. close to it, I think, in the yeah. end. But also, it's not the not a worse time to be signing a guy to an extension because, what you got a new cap coming in a couple of years yeah, and exactly. well, new CBA and the cap is going to jump up quite significantly. So if you get a guy tied down to a five six year deal now, the last three four years of the, their deal is going to be at a significant discount. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the other person who is rumoured at the moment to possibly get an, an, an extension to his contract uh, is Tyreek Hill. Um, Tyreek Hill's visit or been visited by the NFL League officials. Uh, met with Hill and his legal team on Wednesday last week uh, in an eight-hour meeting. Jesus, I looked a bit of a fly on the wall on that. Um, unnamed sources felt it was a positive day for, for uh, Tyreek Hill as he was able to elaborate elaborate on four-page letter that he wrote to the league denying Unnamed sources. Unnamed sources. Right. Now, not mine sources. They're not it, my sources. It's just what, just, just what I've just what i picked up, you know. It's um, bullshit season in the NFL, <laughs> isn't it? It's These like aren't the my sources. I don't like have the sources. It's whole Marcus Peters thing again. When <laughs> no one saw the Marcus Peters trade coming, then all of a sudden he got traded and all these people come out, oh, yeah, my source said that Marcus Peters was a really bad <laughs> egg. Blah, blah. Who in this meeting is possibly leaking any information? About I think it's Andy Reid. Like, let's be honest, Tyreek Hill's going to be in that meeting. His lawyer, his agent, and then the Probably league officials. Probably a chief representative Chiefs, Chiefs as well. rep and a league official. Might be the who, kid guy. Who out of those six or seven people are going to leak anything? How does anyone know that it was a positive meeting? But you see, the thing is, there might be some people listening at the door. You just Depends don't who's, what angle someone's trying to work, basically. The and there's always people leaking stuff in the NFL. It happens all the time. Um, but... I say I wouldn't be shocked to see a Hill at contract extension at this point because yeah. it's basically the reverse of strike while the iron's hot, yeah. as in buy basically cheap. buy low, pretty much. Yeah. You know, he's not going to get the ridiculous contract that you would have got in maybe six months ago. Yeah. Um, and if you don't sign in now, if he goes off and has another crazy year, and then obviously nothing comes of this, or it's a two to four game suspension that like has been potentially rumoured, yeah. comes back, plays well, he's going to get a bigger contract at the end of that, or demand a bigger contract at the end of that. Mm-hmm. So now just seems like the perfect time to strike, get an extension done, and 
let it fly under the radar a little bit and also get him on a cheap a little bit. Do you think that's why they've they've held off signing Jones at the minute, extending him? No, you can work on multiple deals at once. I just think the Jones thing will work itself out in time. Mm. You know, as the case with a lot of these things, it'll get to a point where they'll meet in the middle somewhere. Um, I think the sticking point with that seems to be the guaranteed money rather than the actual, you know, ab- you know, average value yeah. per, per year. So, yeah, I, d- I don't think that'll be too far off. The, the Hill one will be interesting, though. Because mm. you've got to remember, with this, this Hill deal, it's probably going to be half of what he was going to get. Like, he was down, rumoured to be getting a five-year, 20 million a year deal, um, become a $100 million receiver. But obviously, with that's not going to be happening now. So even if it does get half, the, and the Chiefs still do offer this guy $50 million, mm. the guarantees in this contract are going to be so low. He's going yeah. to have to earn all of his money, and obviously there's going to be a lot of different criteria there in terms of behaviour and what he can and can't do as well. So the Chiefs can work this to for their to their own advantage rather, and I think Hill would be stupid to turn down any deal that's over like the ten million a year yeah. mark because I think the Chiefs have done the right thing by sticking by him. It was also it's been proven. And and I still think he will get rewarded financially, but I just don't think he'd get rewarded as well as he probably felt he deserved based on the last three years. But he's still only young. If he does sign a, short, a smaller contract, he can still be up for another big contract after this one expires or after a couple or two or three years of mm-hmm. good behaviour and excellent play. Um, it's expected that he, he may get a suspension from this. We don't know how long by it, mm-hmm. but it... it it's safe to say, isn't it, that the Chiefs are probably waiting on how the rumour is at be. most four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the rumour I've heard. Well, yeah. four games makes sense because that's what Jimmy Smith got last year for the Ravens, and his offence was not too dissimilar from Hill in terms of the audio with making threats to to a girlfriend. So I think four games seems about right. Um, I don't expect it to be any more after obviously the DA and the district police have all dropped their case against Tyreek Hill and Mm -hmm. the hospital have already come out and said it was an accident, the breaking arm, so there's no proof there. So I think two to four games is fair. I think you're probably being a bit naive if you don't expect Tyreek Hill to get any ban whatsoever. Yeah, and then a couple of days later he signs an extension. Yeah, and a very low extension. (laughs) But the thing is, like, it's going to work out perfectly for the Chiefs because. You know, you've drafted a guy in Hardman who's obviously going to be available to play the first four games, but you're also getting him in the system quicker. And then, obviously, if, say you get Hill signed to the extension, then you're free to let Sammy Watkins go mm. at the end of this year while still having, um, you know, your number one receiver signed to an extension and also having basically the replacement for Sammy Watkins a year better off and more prepared for stepping up, basically. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Uh, the other news is Travis Kelsey was uh, was making a newlywed couple very happy on their special day. Have you seen mm-hmm. the video to this? It's brilliant. <laughs> it's classic, isn't it? Um, the, the happy couple actually won a, a competition to have the man himself be a special guest on their wedding day. Um, the video I've seen of him dancing with one of the grannies was brilliant. <laughs> it's just you know Travis Kelsey towers above everybody else on that dance floor. 
Uh, looked really fun, but it actually looked like the wedding we all needed to be at, didn't it? Just to uh, enjoy the uh, yeah, the man. With Travis Kelsey's just knows how to have fun, <laughs> doesn't he? Really? He's handled like, this off season so well, hasn't but he? it's it's one of those things. He's just like he knows he's playing football for a living, and he's yeah. just making the most of it. And he's not like trying to be super serious or pretend it's something that he isn't or whatever. It's just he's just out there having fun and. You know what? If I was earning ten million dollars a year playing football, why the hell not? Yeah, it is, it is amazing that how Travis Kelsey does things similar to what Gronk does, but yet Travis Kelsey doesn't get the bad rap that Gronk did. <laughs> it's almost like Travis Kelsey does things with a little bit more class than Gronk. He's just got did. a brain though, as well, hasn't he? Like he <laughs> just speaks so much better, and you know. Gronk was a funny guy, but sometimes you heard him speak and you're just like, how stupid are you? Like, <laughs> how? If you hadn't played football, God knows what you'd have been doing with your life. But, like, at least when you hear Kelsey speak, you, you kind of go, okay, there's some intelligence behind the words where you're kind of like, yeah, with Gronk, it's like, there ain't much up there, is there, Gronk? I don't know if you guys have listened to it, but the, the Peter Crouch podcast... Um, He's well, a funny, funny guy. The American listeners, um, Peter Crouch is a extremely lanky uh, professional footballer over here in the UK that has a, an amazing personality and he's a very likable. Yeah, and, admittedly not the best looking of guys. No. Self-admitted as that as well. Yeah. And basically this podcast is an, has been like an off-season, mid-season um, series where he talks about his certain aspects of a footballer's career. There's been like 20-odd episodes and it's done extremely well. I've Since I've listened to that podcast, I've always thought that Travis Kelsey would be suited perfectly to something similar. Well, like, like a, a podcast, similar, yeah. Similar style, similar format with Travis Kelsey, maybe us, just talking about his life and the football life. And I just think you could just get hours upon hours of great conversation out of Travis Kelsey and it would yeah. be an Excellent listen. Some great so stories. if you are listening, Travis, for some unknown reason or someone's <laughs> forwarded this on to you, yeah. slide into our DMs. You follow us on Twitter. We've been talked before. And let's get this done. Let's get the Travis Kelsey podcast by our heads abroad going next off season. You mean another drunk podcast? Is that what you're saying? Eight drunk podcasts. Eight drunk podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've never done those before, have we? No. Which, which um, sports personality would you have attend your wedding? I I think I know who Brad would pick, and in my mind, because Brad got married twenty years ago for me, um, <laughs> I think Brad would have wanted Prime Gaza. Yes, <laughs> yes, you are so. You read my mind there. Yeah, Prime Gaza. The stories that that guy even tells these days. Yeah, um, yeah, I would have had Gaza without a doubt. I, I did actually think originally Alan Shearer, but I thought no, he sounds boring. Prime Gaza. That, yeah, that but Gaza sounds... would have been brilliant at a wedding. If you're having Gaza, I'm having Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not sports personality, but maybe our weddings can mix up and, and Snoop Dogg and Gaza can have that fight. Snoop Dogg and Gaza are all in. Is Dave having one? Is it Dave having a wedding? Uh, no, not planning on it. Not no. planning on it, no. But if you had to have a wedding... You see, I'm going to take a slightly different angle on this. Go on, then. You see, I'd probably go with someone like Pep Guardiola, not because like he's the life of the party, Fuck but I'm the off. kind of person. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm the kind of person that's after I've had like quite a lot of drinks at a wedding, you'll find me like sat in the corner, like 
chatting the night away to whoever I can possibly find. Just ignoring like a, your bride so you can talk about the, the yeah, the exa- oh, right, yeah exa- exactly. Yeah, just <laughs> chatting the night away and just being like, yeah, sweet, this is great. Pep, whatever made you think about putting wing backs inside at central midfield and then exactly. splitting your centre halves? I'd just cover? be I'd, and drunk me, I'd just be amazed at every single possible answer. <laughs> yeah. I'd just be getting all this football knowledge and in the hilariousness of being drunk, wake up in the morning and just be like, "Is next to you?" Forgotten everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten everything. Guardiola's next to him. <laughs> you were convinced you were going to be his apprentice in the next yeah, season. It's like, yeah, so after a, yeah, an evening's conversation, I'm like, yes, I'm in, boys. Yes. I've got all this football knowledge. Wake up in the morning, like, I've forgotten everything. I don't even know. Where am I? What's happening? <laughs> Where's my wife? <laughs> in bed with Pep Guardiola. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that would be some wedding. With all, <laughs> all three of those turning up at the same what, wedding. Snoop Dogg, Gazza, and Pep Guardiola. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, covers everyone that, doesn't it? All <laughs> uh, right, okay. Uh, so uh, let's let's get cracking with the main part of the show, shall we? Um, so Tom and I discussed the Raiders in our last podcast, uh, but this week we're looking at the Denver Broncos as they try to rebuild. Yeah. Um, to, as they try to rebuild after having a difficult season with their guy Case Keatham. <laughs> yes, good one, John. Sorry, sorry that's Keenum. Yeah, <laughs> our guy. We got our guy, Case Keatham. Um, let's start by evaluating the Broncos' twenty eighteen season, not twenty eight, um, and then have then move on to our off season trades and pickups in the draft and free agency. How did you feel the Broncos did in twenty eighteen overall, Tom? It's pretty I... shit. Oh, sorry, Tom. Pretty shit. Yeah, I think it's the first time he's actually ever directed a question at us, as opposed to leaving it up to me yeah, to decide yeah. who who answers what. Hey, I'm getting um, all professional in this off season. Come on. I like it. I like it. I yeah. think. The week four game against the Chiefs pretty much summed up the Broncos season. Um, Good in places, but then ultimately shit the bed. And then. Shit the bed. And then when they were down, they had a chance to win and they probably should have won. But Case Keenan missed Cortland Sutton for a walk in touchdown. Is that when he overthrew it? He did. And I just think that summed up the Broncos perfectly they weren't very well coached they didn't execute particularly well um, I think their roster is a lot better than how they played in 2018 and I think they made the necessary off-season moves but yeah that's that's the way I feel about the 2018 yeah. Denver Broncos anyway what do you think Dave um, I'm not going to be as kind as Tom I think they were a a massive disappointment. Mm. Um, you know, they they made a lot of moves that they thought would sort of push them into contention again in the AFC West and basically went in the opposite direction and were even worse last year than they were the year before. Um, I think it all starts with the quarterback position, you know. Um, it just, it kind of has sort of plagued John Elway since he's taken over as GM. You know, he basically stumbled into Peyton Manning when he started there mm-hmm. but then you look at the majority of the moves that he's made since then and if he was anyone else he'd probably not be in a job right now Yeah. do you think he's, he's there because of his, his legend status yeah. that's literally it in, he can do no if, wrong can he if, if that was any other guy in any other organisation I, you know, I think they'd have been gone after last year just after all the bad moves and 
poor personnel decisions. Yeah, it's just I think he was living on reputation, and maybe for not much longer. You know, I think this is a potentially a a do or die season. I think he's been given a bit more time than others would have been, but I don't think they'll be patient forever. Shall we say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so, they can afford to be. Well, no, exactly. Oh no, exactly. no. Well, no you don't want to be wasting <laughs> like the prime of Von Miller. Exactly. That would that be a tragedy? Mm, exactly. So, what areas do you think that they needed to improve on on that 2018 team? And did John Elway recognize and address those problems in the draft and free agency? Quarterback. Yeah. No. Um. Basically, he tried to. He went out and tried to address the situation, but Flacco, I don't think yeah. he's adequately done so. Flacco lost his starting job to a quarterback that can't throw. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's it's not an exaggeration to say that. Like, he lost his starting quarterback position, which is the position where you throw the football, to a guy that can't throw a football consistently. Mm-hmm. That is not exactly a ringing endorsement for Joe Flacco. And Jeez. I know people say it's, you know... The, the Ravens are just sort of moving forward and wanting to make, see what they've got in Lamar Jackson but you know if there had been any other vet on any other team I think Flack like that they would have been expected to come back after missing games with injury and it was just kind of like actually no I don't even think you're good enough to replace a guy that can't throw again uh, at this point I think that comes part and parcel with Jim Harbaugh's job though because I think Jim Harbaugh knew that he was tied to Joe Flacco and if he didn't change things up never stopped Pat Shermer in New York did it no very true very true I wonder if um, John Elway sees Joe Flacco and wonders if Joe Flacco can be the Chiefs uh, the Broncos version of Alex Smith Uh, no you see but that's the thing he's not that kind of quarterback he never has been that kind of quarterback inconsistency has plagued Joe Flacco throughout his career um, even when he, you know, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, that you know, you look at his regular season, it was not anything amazing. It's just in the postseason he turned into, Eddie you know, Joe Flacco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. The yeah. goat. Um, but yeah, I say I'd, I certainly do not think he's the answer to that. He's probably better than Keenum at this point. But again, as a guy that didn't play an awful lot last year. It's really hard to say how much better he's going to be, if any. Um, and then, obviously, they drafted Drew Locke, um, who actually kind of wasn't terrible value where they got him because, obviously, there's a lot of talk that they might take him with their first pick um, and they ended up getting him in the second round. But, I thought he would have gone higher him, you know. Um, Again, I just... I don't... I'm not sold on... Lock, um, and obviously he's a developmental guy as well. He's not someone that's gonna come in and I think chat like there's not going to be people clamoring for Lock to start after three four games if Flacco comes. You know, has a bad I start. completely disagree. Then I think in general football fans are less un- uneducated about college players and they see the shiny <laughs> new thing. And if Joe Flacco isn't turning it on and hasn't reverse the fortunes um, in the first few games I think there will be calls for Drew Lock. Uh, Drew yeah but that could be potentially hugely damaging for the Broncos it could, it could mm-hmm. be but I don't think I don't think people are that way with rookie quarterbacks I think we've got to remember the Chiefs were in such 
a different situation to everyone else where we had a sturdy stable quarterback in position where we could sit there and let Mahomes grow like very few teams do that like very few fan bases have patience when it comes to rookie quarterbacks now, these days it is the norms to plug and play a rookie quarterback and I think if Joe Flacco isn't performing after the first few games I think there will be calls for Drew Locke do you think it would be similar to like what how Baker Mayfield came into the league first three four games whatever it was and then he threw him in didn't he I can see similarities. Obviously, Baker Mayfield, there would be more calls because he was the number one overall pick, where Drew Locke is a, obviously a second rounder. But at mm. the end of the day, he is new. And the Broncos have got a reasonably tough start to their season. They go yeah. away to the Raiders, then they host the Bears, they go to Green Bay, and then they host the Jaguars. So you're looking at two teams there that are going to have excellent defences, and then two other teams that should have good offences. So there, it could be a tough, tough start for the Broncos. And if Joe mm. Flacco plays like he did last year for the Ravens, then they could be in all sorts of trouble. And you could just see Elway, tur- uh, not Elway, sorry, Vic Fangio turn to his, his young quarterback and let him blood himself in with all the new first and second years uh, talent that they've got the skill positions yeah they, they don't what the Broncos need to be careful of is not falling into that trap because there's already a lot of them kind of hoping that he's going to be the you know this Drew Locke's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes don't they you know they say that he's got a good arm on him and all that and you don't want the Broncos or we want the Broncos falling into that trap to throw him in, throw him in early but it just feels like the Broncos fans Will get on the back of Flacco if, it, like I said, if the first four games don't go as planned, then I, I agree with you. I think they'll they'll start putting the pressure on putting this shiny new thing in there um, without any bedding in at all, and it's just going to fall down around them. You touched on something there that what we as Chiefs fans we've got to get used to the yearly comparisons to Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Like we always saw with the yearly comparisons to Jamal Charles with running backs I remember when Melvin Gordon come out of college and it was constant Jamal Charles this Jamal Charles that Jamal Charles this and I think every year now we're going to get any big armed quarterback that comes out of college is going to be compared to Patrick Mahomes which is just unreasonable and if you're a Broncos fan for some stupid reason listening to this podcast and you're wondering if Drew Locke can become the Patrick, next Patrick Mahomes then you are going to be disappointed don't be disappointed uh, well the other uh, the other draft prospect that they got was Noah Fant Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was their first round selection, 20th overall. Do you think Flacco can actually find form again with a big tight end like Fant? Yes, I do. Because, do? yeah, if you look, go back a few years ago, okay, he's been injured for a while now, but Joe Flacco had an incredible connection with Dennis Pitter when he was playing. And he, one of the most underrated players I think we've seen in this league, by the way, Dennis Pitter. And I, I feel sorry for the guy, the fact that he's been injured for so much of his career but yeah he always looked like he was going for his tight ends it seems like down the middle of the field and the seam routes are the ones that best suit to Joe Flacco's um, passing ability so I, I expect to see a big role for Noah Fan at tight end I, 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 to be honest I kind of like the the Broncos skill position players full stop um, mm-hmm. they've got Courtney Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders uh, scumbag on the outside <laughs> and then they've got Noah Fan tight end and obviously they've got their stable of running backs led by Philip Lindsay yeah, yeah. That, well, that actually leads me on to the next thing as well. Philip Lindsay recorded the second most rushing yards, 1,037, um, by an undrafted rookie in the, in the Super Bowl era, but was ranked 23rd best by Maurice Jones-Drew. I mean, can 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 Maurice Jones-Drew actually 
say that about Philip Lindsay. I mean, he looked he looked like the biggest threat on the Broncos last year, don't you think, Dave? Yeah, um, I certainly would probably rank him a little bit higher than that. But it's also, you know, we've seen it before where guys will have, you know, impressive first seasons at the running back position and, and drop off. Um, I think Lindsay was used sparingly last year to his advantage um, because with a guy with his frame I think he probably would struggle to carry the ball 25-30 times a game consistently you know there's a difference between having to do it once or twice a season but to be consistently uh, asked to carry the ball a lot more I think it would be difficult but I certainly think he's better rated than that and obviously to his advantage he's not going to be asked to do that because the They've obviously got two or three backs there that they like. So, yeah, it'll be certainly interesting. Um, obviously, um, again, it's just it's one of those where I look at that Broncos and it's going to be, I think, probably their offensive line play is going to determine the success of, of their offense. Um if they can be better than last year, on you know, obviously the quarterback plays you know, important, but you have to protect the quarterback, and that's something you didn't do with Keenum last year. And um, it'd be interesting to see if they can improve on that this year. Yeah, they picked up an old lineman, didn't they? In the second round, was it? I've forgotten his name though. Uh, yes, uh, I can't. Yeah, I've forgotten um, his name. I, I say you expect guys that, especially like interior linemen, that get drafted that high, you expect them to come in and. Pretty much be plugged in straight off, and based on how bad their interior line play was last year, you'd expect that would be the case. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see, and I, I do do expect them to be better and more competitive. But I still just look at, you know, and I obviously keep harping back to this, but I still look at the quarterback position because of the way the league is now. It's an offensive league. And I, if I don't think if you can not consistently keep up with the high-powered offenses in the league, you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a quick word on Philip Lindsay: Can he join like elite list of running backs that went undrafted and went on to have excellent NFL careers? Because it does seem like undrafted free agents have more success at running back than a lot of other positions. Um, because of the nature position, like Priest Holmes, Aaron Foster, Willie Parker, yeah, it's all guys devalued. Even especially even more now because guys are obviously devalued now compared to you know even fifteen years ago. The running back positions nowhere near as valuable as it was previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the other essential player that we we seem to be missing on this is uh, Chris Harris Jr. He signed an extension mm-hmm. as well, didn't he? Which when you start looking at this Broncos team now, you start thinking, do you know what? There is some weapons there, especially on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it's just, it's just whether it can all come together because, yeah. as I say, you looked at that roster last year and, you know, you certainly should not have been as bad as they were. Um, and obviously being, you know, on Vic Fangio's head to see if he can bring it all together and to be, to be more successful, I, I think obviously the defence will be better, mm-hmm. you know, just p- purely because of Fangio's presence. Um, you know, what he did with the Bears' defence last year, they were... Pretty formidable. Yeah. You could argue that uh, Denver probably has slightly more defensive talent, um, man for man, than than the Bears, and the Bears were the number one. It's close. It, yeah. It's pretty. I'd say it's pretty even, probably. Um, but even I think some of that Bears that defense, is a scary, yeah. scary for. Um, um, but obviously, it's a little bit more difficult when you're head coach because you've got all the, 
you know, other duties to balance it out as, you, you know, it's not, you're not just focusing solely on the defence at that point. Yeah. Um, but I certainly expect it to be better on defence. Offence will be interesting uh, because, as I say, it's all going to depend on that. Uh, probably quarterback offensive line play. You know they'll be able to run the ball to an extent, but if you get behind in games, are you going to be able to keep up with teams? Mm-hmm. Chris Harris so, Jr. actually come out the weekend and said that that um, sprint competition they had at the weekend, which Marquis Goodwin won, uh, would have comfortably been won by Tariq Hill. He said he's lined up on both of them, and Tariq Hill is the fastest player in the league. Really? Mm-hmm. That's actually good. I mean, players, that's actually. that's not that shocking to be perfectly honest a guy that would have finished 8th in the Olympics mm-hmm. you, you know there ain't many guys in the world faster than him mm-hmm. so looking at the Chiefs new defensive scheme do you feel that the Broncos offence like it is now can overcome it and on paper do you think they actually how, how do you think they match up it's hard to say at the minute it's all what is at the minute <laughs> exactly we haven't really seen the Chiefs' new scheme. In, we know we're not even had training camp yet, so you're not even sure where some guys are going to line up at this point in time. So I think it's probably too too early to throw the hypotheticals. And I'm sure when we go into the sort of um, preseason deeper looks into the uh, divisional teams, I think we'll have a better better idea of where we probably stand on that. I think what we do know though is that this team looks like talking about the Chiefs defence, looks like it will be more suited to the modern day NFL than yeah. last year's. And if the teams are, every offence is going the way of the Chiefs trying to go high powered, then the Chiefs look significantly more ready for it than they did. I think they'll be ago. also an awful lot, lot less predictable mm-hmm. than oh, uh, God, yeah, last year. So predictable, I think but... that was probably the most frustrating thing about the Chiefs defence. At times, you just knew in certain situations exactly what they were going to do, and mm-hmm. if that's that's one thing Spagnolo is sort of famous for is the you know bringing some exotic blitzes and you know guys off the edge from places you don't expect. So yeah, I don't think you'll see the same vanilla defense that we we had the last few years. The Chiefs' defense last year, especially in that uh, AFC Championship game, was so predictable. Even I was predicting it. Rams. That's how bad. Well, I mean, the know. Patriots predicted like <laughs> Tom Brady picked it apart. Oh, it was so I predictable. Laugh, yeah. um, I mean, Edelman was open all the time, and it was just yeah. yeah, it was just yeah, it was terrible. But let's not go over old old wounds, shall we not? Um, how would you compare this Broncos team now to our other rivals, the Chargers and the Raiders this year? Uh, they're certainly much better than the Raiders, but probably still behind the Chargers purely because. I have much more faith in that Chargers offense um, than they do the Broncos offense. I think the Broncos defense probably pretty even. Um, I'd still probably give the slight edge to the Chargers just because I really like a couple of the Chargers young skill guys. Um, Bosa and James, they're both fantastic. Um, so the, have the but, Chargers got better depth, is that what you're saying? I'd just say I think the Chargers are a more well-rounded team, yeah. just a better overall team, really. Yeah, Tom. As I said on the last podcast, I think the gap between the bottom three of the AFC West is closing. Um, I do still think the Chiefs are miles ahead of everyone else, with the additions of Spagnuolo and Frank Clark, etc. And 
so I, I see a division which is going to total up a lot of wins. Like um, I've actually made a bet with a friend of mine that the AFC West will have more wins than any other division in total in football. And last year they ranked second behind the AFC South. And um, so I, I, I think the Broncos are a solid seven to nine win team. Um, just maybe on the outside looking in of the playoffs. But I, I do think they are a, a good good team. And after looking into them today, I probably wasn't giving them enough credit when we sat here and ranked them a few weeks ago. Now that I've actually done a bit of homework and looked into yeah. it. I was are, overlooking them as well a bit. They yeah. are slightly more scary than I thought they were. And uh, I am not, wouldn't be as confident as I was a few weeks ago about the Chiefs playing them in prime time again. In mile high, well, I'm wiping the floor with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, that's that's good that you got those uh, got those thoughts from you guys. Um, apparently, we're actually giving away a special prize as well this week. Mm-hmm. All right, Tom. Yeah, for you gold members. Mm-hmm. You gold members. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get my sass on. Uh, I'll never do that again. Uh, yeah, please don't. <laughs> don't do that. Please. Hated every second of it. <laughs> That's what my missus says to me. Um, anyways, <laughs> oh god, it's getting worse. <laughs> and yet she still gave you two children. Uh, they're too cute to be mine. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> I I did a draw. I did a draw. I done a draw. I I done a draw. I done a draw. I speak proper good England. He's been uh, watching too much Love Island, I tell you. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I've, <laughs> I've partake- Brad won't get that reference, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I've partaked in a draw. Partake? Uh, <laughs> you you partake you partaked in a draw? <laughs> I've got some names in a hat. I'm going to pick some. Here's got- some winners. <laughs> I got a text. Um, right. <laughs> You're throwing him off now. I hate you guys. Um, anyways, oh, mate, this is all your own fault. This is. Why do I do this to myself? I might just retire. What's the prize, Tom? So, Come on, what's the prize, mate? Uh, the, the prize is a Patrick Mahomes Chiefs jersey, home jersey, for one of our gold members. I've already done the draw. Not signed. Not signed. Good. This not as signed. This is for you to wear at your leisure. Okay. And the winner was Chris Wormsley. Chris Wormsley won. Chris Wormsley won our Mahomes jersey. Chris, who came to our meet last year in Newcastle. Oh, uh, yes, Chris. Top guy. W- yeah. wore, wore an outrageous shirt. Looks like I Alex Smith. Right. Yes, looks like That's Alex Smith. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be fun, isn't it? Alex Smith wearing a Mahomes jersey. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, well done, Chris. You've won a jersey. I'll be in contact. And, um, yeah, we'll get that sorted for you. We'll get that ordered and uh, delivered to yourself. He done sometimes. a video for it as well. I, I I have yeah. If people want I to. has you're gonna say there, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, congratulations, Chris. Well done. Um, I think is that all of the prizes now for the gold members? No, we've got a couple like couple small prizes to give away, but we're pretty much there now. Yeah. So I'll probably give them around about training camp time. Yeah. Why not? Pre-season, something like that. Yeah. Why not? Excellent. All right. Well, those are our thoughts on the Arrowheads Abroad podcast. Let us know your thoughts by heading over to the Arrowheads Abroad Facebook page and Twitter page at KCChiefs underscore UK. Plus, if you wouldn't mind, just be kind and leave us a, a nice five-star review on iTunes. That would be really awesome. Really help us out, guys. Cheers. Thanks. I, I'm not really a begging man, but please. Actually, they genuinely <laughs> do help us, by the way. Like they help What, us. begging? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they help us go up the rankings. So when people are searching for Chiefs, new Chiefs podcasts to listen to, if our, the more five-star reviews we have, the more people we get out there and people will get to hear our lovely voices. Yeah. And that means the more people that listen, the more shows that we do. And the more people get to hear Tom speak good. <laughs> speak good proper. Yeah. Speak proper English. <laughs> All right, uh, so we uh, going next week. He's <laughs> <laughs> a dead sack now, is he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.